I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast with Benji Nyson for the recap of Stage 5, the individual time trial, the first one at the Tour de France 2021. Our show is brought to you by our show partner, Lacole, who produced Performance Cycling Apparel. More on them later. If you've been listening to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast for a while, which maybe you've got some new Tour de France listeners, make sure you subscribe if you're listening on uh, YouTube. You know how we do TTs. We get straight to it because Benji and I don't remember the chronology of start times. I said I'd come back to them. This podcast is supported by our show partner for the entirety of 2021 and pretty much since the podcast's inception last year, LaCole. LaCole produced performance cycling apparel. They focus on making you go faster, whether that's in TTs, just cruising around, or racing as well. They've got the Project Aero McLaren collection. If you are sort of interested in racing and they've got a speed suit as well, but they've also got their lightweight collection, which can help you stay cool on summer in summer on long rides. If you want to pick up any of the LaCole kit, you can use the code LRTDF20. That's all caps LRTDF20. And don't worry, we haven't forgotten about Velo Games. We're doing a roundup of that on the first rest day. Recap, and of course, LaCole kindly have offered as prizes a full LaCole kit for the first and then jerseys for second and third. That's what we did for this year. So thanks to LaCole for supporting the podcast. The It's an upset. It's not an upset for Benji, and I'll let him crow in a second, but by the market, it is an upset. He was 40 yeah, to certainly. 1. Tade Pogacar wins another Tour de France time trial. Not just wins. He fucking destroyed this thing, okay? He was first at T1, first at T2, and first at the finish of the time of 32 minutes, 19 seconds ahead of Stefan Kung, 27 ahead of Vingegaard, 30 ahead of oh, Wavanaar, 30 behind in fourth. Mathieu van der Poel on 31 seconds. He keeps the yellow jersey. Asgren on 37 seconds, sixth. Roglic, 44, a great performance from him. And Cataneo, Port, Eighth and ninth on fifty-five, and Lushenko another good TT on one minute. Your initial reaction, Benji, and maybe run us through your logic for why you thought Pagaccia was such a good chance for this TT. Well, I do have to like tone down the crowing here because I did say that it would beat all the GC riders, but I didn't expect him to beat everybody on the field, and. I think that's all due to the fact that the weather changed halfway because my podcast pick, Stefan Bissiger, <laughs> no, was yeah. prepping for the time trial. It was so sunny out there, and then suddenly he gets off and it starts pouring rain, <laughs> and he's done and it stops raining. Like <laughs> It's like the weather gods thought, no, nah, um, not, not this time around. Your but bookie, this podcast, your bookie yeah. controls the weather. Your bookie wanted, <laughs> wanted Bissiger to lose. Yeah, he lost 122, but sorry, go on. Yes, indeed, and uh, I think that what I said about Pogacar is because last year at the Tour de France, I decided to go for Pogacar as my podcast pick last year for the Tour de France, the day that he did badly at the Dauphiné, because he was prepping very decently throughout the year, and then he did pretty badly in the run into the Tour de France, and I was like, yeah, 
I think that this could be a very good underdog position to go into the Tour de France of. And for this year, I thought exactly the same at the Slovenian and CITT, for example. He didn't do a crazy time there. He was getting a third spot or something, or a fourth spot. I don't know, a third spot, I think, after Polans. And in the end, I thought, well, there's a lot of factors that could play into this. Ghana had terrible ITTs, well, for his standard, before the Giro started. Perhaps Bogacar has the same factor included. He's going to perhaps take corners less crazy. And he's perhaps going to save some, not save some energy, but save some safety there. And that could be a consequence of him losing that time trial. He also did the initial part very hard. And then towards the end, it started rubbing off on him. And it was also very hot there, which means that it's the weather that Bogacar is not really looking yeah, after. 30 degrees. Yeah. So those are all factors that were playing into the fact that I thought he could do much better in time trials in the coming period. And knowing that it starts in Britannia, pretty shitty weather, rainy all the time, that could play into it and that could offer Pogacar a much better thing for this time trial. And next to that, I already thought last year that I believe that on the flat, Roglic's time trial compared to a Pogacar is not extremely OP. Nonetheless, we have to say Roglic did much better today than I expected him to, considering what he went through the last couple oh, of days. Yeah. Such a good time trial for him, and I'm so glad that he's still in contention. This is why I'm happy for this pod, because we've got MVDP happy keeping yellow, Pogaccia yeah. having a great performance. We've got Roglic still in the fight. Port did a really good TT. Uh, I mean, you look at the guys in that. I mean, actually, no, the 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 best, one of the most, second most surprising one of the day is Jonas Wingergaard Benji beating Wout van Aert by three seconds. And tw- it's still 27 behind Pagacha, but remove, remove Pagacha from the equation, eight seconds behind Stefan Kung. He did a good TT at the Dauphiné. This is shaping up now, and we're, we're going to talk about the GC ramifications yeah. in a second. Um, but let's try and dive into maybe I'll try and dive into some of the intermediate splits. Pagacha was just consistently dominant. Uh, he was up. 11 seconds on Kung and 10 seconds on uh, Wingergaard and 7 seconds on Van Aert at T1, which was 10 minutes f- uh, 38 for him. Van der Poel also was only 7 seconds behind. So I think Van der Poel got, a, uh, he got Cameron Wirth's like wheel shift to him or driven him 900Ks. He's wearing a non-branded, non-sponsor laser helmet. I think he's not wearing any sunnies. They, they're like, we got to keep yellow. So Pagancha consistent splits. Uh, Kung... Did a negative split, a better on the false flat downhill. Van Aert seemed to fade a little bit, Benji. Um, Did he, am I I misremembering, did he say he wasn't able to do much TT by prep because of the uh, appendectomy? Well, I think that in total he didn't have like the training that he preferred to have towards this race. I don't know about the TT bike in, in particular. I know that they worked on his position a lot and it should be better, much better than last year according to what they said. But he came to the finish and said that his legs just weren't where was supposed to be today so while he didn't really make mistakes among the route according to him and according to me as well he um he just wasn't good enough today and i think that plays into a, a lot of riders that we were expecting to perform a bit better today i think the first name that comes to mind in my head is both Carapaz and kelderman i expected more from Carapaz. really yeah i don't oh. know i feel a tiny bit more at least because like two minutes losing to pogachar i mean at 44 perhaps yeah, yeah. it's I don't know. It's a, it's a lot. So he finished. Uh, he, he finished before you know around the same time as Enric Mas. 
He finished after Paulus, after Sorton Cry Anderson. It's, it's a big gap. I think a minute, oh, a minute's tough. I don't know. I think yeah, I that Vuelta TT is... I think it's difficult because Pogacar is just ahead of people so much that we're <laughs> yeah. comparing to Pogacar and we should be comparing about against the rest of the competition because to an Iran and so forth, his time trial is good. Yeah. But Thomas, well, not Thomas. really the time trial he's looking for, but no. I think that's injury-related. Well, I mean, I, it's hard to say. And, and yep. both of us can't draw firm conclusions from would Roglic have – I don't think Roglic would have beaten Pagasha today um, no. in this TT, but how much did the injury cost Roglic? Like, it certainly didn't help. So 20 is it, seconds, 25? Is it 10, perhaps? 20, maybe 25 to, 25 to 30 you made a, might have made a difference. I mean, would we expect – would you expect Roglic to beat Vingegaard on this TT, Benji, by 20 seconds, 15 well, seconds? I'm not sure – about the amount of seconds, but I would expect him to beat Vingegaard despite Vingegaard really performing well, kind of as expected. But it does play into the in the into the questions for GC because, for example, you had the stage where everybody crashed. <laughs> we we all know which stage that is, stage three, unfortunately. And we had Vingegaard stand by this other road because he's this designated bike dude for Roglic when Roglic has a bike problem Vingegaard has the same size of bike and so forth or similar and that's why his bike is perfect to uh give to Roglic and that's why he was waiting there as well some reports on Twitter that he crashed as well but there's no no he did been no he, he was caught up it. in that group really yeah they didn't, I, they didn't send him back I, him Kuz okay. and Kroosvike were all caught up on that left hand side of the road behind Roglic I'm pretty okay, sure that explains then and as a consequence from that you're asking well well a lot of people are asking if he waited instead of crashed, or should they have let him wait? But if he indeed crashed, then it, it's irrelevant. It's a non-issue, this, uh, this conversation. But for not really disappointing as well, I think. I think we we mentioned earlier, but I, I thought he had a chance of taking yellow, but Pogacar was too strong and Van Der Poel as well. I think Thomas, yeah, it's tough for him. Finishing, uh, he's got the shoulder injury, but finishing four seconds after Pierre Latour and after yeah. Magnus Court is is not something he would have expected. So it seems, you know, Rolich had the skin off, but he didn't injure his upper upper limbs. Maybe the upper limb stuff made it more difficult. I think Kelderman also hurt his elbow apparently, but Kelderman's TT was was horrendous. We don't know if it's injury related, but a minute forty nine after Pagacha and finishing on the same time as Mars is not what he would have expected uh, at all. O'Connor lost a minute 56. Uh, Miguel Angel Lopez, 208. Yes, Benji. Why does a rider like Sepkus, who's like riding throughout the Tour de France, completely yeah. in support? Why, did why he does he try this time trial? Because yeah. he's 30 fun on two minutes, under two minutes. Why? Like, guess, guess where Kvyatkovsky came and Verona. Way down. Castro Viejo was riding like a bloody snail. Yep. <laughs> Five minutes and a half down. <laughs> Gagenhart, Castroviejo, and Kvyatkovsky all lost five minutes. Five minutes in this TT. You don't think that's intentional or that those guys could do better? Like, of course, they're not trying because uh, they're the three guys that Ineos need in medium mountains. So, yeah, I, I'm surprised. Maybe they want the data, Benji. Maybe they want to see what he can do. But, yeah, I don't. It makes no sense for Kuz to try because, obviously, he's not going for GC. So, Hello Bilbao, I mean, he had another bad TT, finishing 208 behind. So, his TT is not looking particularly good. Thomas, maybe Benji Thomas overreacted to the Dauphiné where he went out too hard too early. So, he was 28th at T1, 16th yeah. at T2, 
and then 16th at the finish. So maybe he did too much of a negative split. Uh, but the other performances that need to be called out, Matteo Cataneo, I mean, 32.55, same as Port, really, really nice. Definitely someone to think about for one-week GC next year. Big question, Benji, before we go into the GC discussions, Matthew van der Poel, if he tried at TT and cared about it, surely he could be a top five TT in the world consistently. Yeah, I think that he could do very similarly as Van Aert. And chokingly about that is that their first time was literally the same, not not different in minutes, not different in seconds, and also not different in hundreds of seconds. How can they be so equal in the first part of this time trial <laughs> to cross the first intermediate in exactly the same time? I don't get it. Crazy stuff. I was expecting Van der Poel to get a top five, top ten in this one. He performed slightly to try and uh, keep the jersey as expected to like yeah, try at least. Um, I'm happy that I did though because not only does this play into uh, the Van der Poel story a bit more, we're going to see some fun on stage seven, that's for sure. But next to that, I think it's a benefit for Pogacar even slightly that he doesn't have yellow right now, even though I don't think the control will start until the mountains really the like the story about oh the, the GC team should control. I don't think that will come into play on stage seven yet, I think. I think Pikachu is going to be pretty happy with winning the stage by such a big margin on his GC contenders, but also Van der Poel doing so well. It means Van der Poel keeps the yellow jersey. Now whether that changes what Pagash would have had to do in the race anyway with their team recontrol, etc. Maybe not, but there is, you know, there are duties associated with it. I'm not sure how much time you lose per day in recovery through wearing the yellow jersey because of the press conferences, is, et cetera, it might be close to an hour. It's, um, you know, so maybe he seemed not too sad that Van der Poel kept that yellow jersey. So here's yeah. the revised GC rankings. Van der Poel first, Pagacha second on eight seconds, Van Aert third on 20, uh, 22 seconds behind Tade Pagacha, 30 behind Van der Poel. I'm just going to read them to Pagacha. Alaphilippe, 40 seconds, Lutschenko, one minute thirteen, Latour one minute twenty-one on or twenty on Pagacha, Uran one minute and twenty-one seconds, Wingergod one minute and thirty-five seconds, Carapaz one minute and thirty-six, Roglic one minute and forty seconds. So and Thomas, I'll, I'll do Thomas with completeness, one minute and forty-six. So the question is, Benji, no one's at like five minutes yet. Port's at four minutes, so big problems for him. He moved up a lot, did a good TT, but his first four stages were not ideal. But everyone's kind of within two minutes of Pogacar, within a minute 30, minute 40, and there's multiple teams with multiple riders close to him. So Van Aert, Wingergaard, and Roglic are all within 140 of Pogacar. Astana have Lutschenko within close, actually, 113, and Fulsang about two minutes. And Ineos have, ah, oh, they've not had a good day, have they? Carapaz, 136, no. and yeah, Thomas there and Port further back. So, how do you see the next stages, I guess, playing out before the rest day? Stage seven, for example, are UAE going to happy to let a, a 10 minute break go of 30 men and maybe let the yellow jersey go to someone else? I would. I'd be down to have that for sure. if I'm if I'm Pogacar because I don't want to take control of that stage. I'm I'm expecting other people to do so though. Like you have uh, the Koenig who has Alaphilippe still in their team. They're gonna try something on that stage. You kind of expect that to happen. And if Alaphilippe does not do anything on that stage, it would be disappointing. Talking about Alaphilippe, slightly 
disappointed about his time trial yeah. personally me and you thought he'd top um, seven or eight right yeah i think he'd do better and i think he'd be closer in gc right now because right now he's just lost time and yeah that's not always good is it <laughs> that's the most obvious statement ever <laughs> but nonetheless i think for the stages before the uh before the rest day obviously in chateau is a sprint stage most yeah, likely unless tomorrow. we see something echelon in the couple of days that are coming and that's where pogachar could be hit but then again yeah Ineos, uh, it all depends on who of the teams have injuries and so forth, because Bjerg looked injured a few days ago, but today he had a great time trial, yeah. for example. Hershey, I'm not sure what his form is going to be at, at after that crash, for example. So stuff like that could play into the roles of when an echelon happens, are they going to react to that or are they going to be able to react to that? But I think that GC-wise, Pogacar is obviously the clear winner. I don't need to like, yeah, that's obvious number one i think that roglic is a winner today and vingago as well because they were able to set a really strong tt and take a lot of time on ineos competitors i think ineos is indeed the loser of today thomas partially thanks to the injury and we also have carapaz who for me disappointed at least a tiny bit i was hoping for him to stay in the ground at least a tiny bit more because this means that he will be losing another two minutes on the last time trial you know so that's what hurts me the most here. And Ports is moving up again. Like, yeah, he's 25th in GC again, but four minutes is a lot, you know? Yeah, that's the problem. I think he's lost it. He still ultimately lost another 55 seconds today, yeah, despite having exactly. a really good TT. I think stage six, you know, that rest up tomorrow. Wout says he's going to go for sprints. Maybe he takes 10 seconds back on Pagacha. This sprint field all of a sudden is looking pretty pretty weak um but it, stage seven is the interesting one where we keep saying riders could try something 250ks it really is the stage where you can try and put pressure on ua but it's it's medium mountain at the end formalo micah he or she depending on how banged up they are they should still be there particularly formalo on signal du champ um so i'm tempering my expectations for that i think is the tour over, Benji? A lot of people say, oh, there's no way Pogaccia can can lose this tour. I, I, don't, I disagree with that. I mean, you look at stage eight. The, the, it's not about attacking Pogaccia on the last climb. Stage eight from Oyonnax to the Grand Bonin, for example, you attack him either on the a descent. We saw in Basque Country stage six, the Astana model for attacking him on UA on the descent. That, in my view, had little to do with the mcnulty Pikachu dynamics when they actually got the split on the descent. Col de Rom, you attack him on the early climb. And yep. he's the best rider in the race, most complete GC rider, but he can't chase people for 50 kilometres with everyone sitting on his wheel all day. Like that is a problem for him. So what would your strategy be now if you were uh, Jumbo Visma, for example? If you're Jumbo Visma, then I would definitely try and keep Vingegaard as a co-leader as much as possible because he's currently sitting in eighth in GC and that is on 143. That's five seconds ahead of Roglic in GC, which means that he can definitely play a role as that co-leader. Uh, when it comes to the climbing, I'm not sure he's going to be at the level to uh, be one of the top three climbers here. I think that he's going to be in the top 10 of climbers at the start of rounds. I hope he overperforms because that would play into the race a lot. I think that it would be very nice if Fingergaard is a very strong aggressive co-leader or something for Yumbo to try and put some pressure. But I think that Yumbo in general has to play it aggressively right now. They have to look for opportunities to try and put pressure on Pogacar where they perhaps don't expect it. 
we had in the Basque Country, for example, where they benefited from an Astana downhill coup. I don't know it's going to be that easy to find a situation where that happens. I think that Astana is going to be most likely active in breakaways and not necessarily from the elite. They're going for GC, mate. Luchenko's Luchenko's in top 10 on GC. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's 100%. Until further notice, Astana are going to ride for GC after his Dauphiné result. He's... Uh, he came a minute back on Pagacha. He's um, he's on fifth on GC, fourth out of the GC contenders, and Fulsang's not far behind. I think the way this tour is shaping up, Astana really they got to throw caution to the wind, and they got the perfect yeah. team to do it. I mean, let's, let's, speaking of that Basque, I mean the guys they got here again, same Alex, same same cast Adam of characters. Buru. Exactly. Imagine Aaron Buru pulls <laughs> Alexei Lutschenko to win the Tour de France. I mean, <laughs> Fulsang, Aaron Buru, Freile, Izagire, Lutschenko. So. That's the team that can try something on a descent, and I think they're going to go for GC. Um, you're right. Teammate. I didn't see Lutsenko that close in GC. You're right. Stage eight, yeah. I mean, Ineos is difficult as well. Can Port get into breaks? Carapaz as well. That's I think hard. It, it, I, I'm happy with how this stage is played out because you've got multiple teams with GC yep. threats. They have to be aggressive. Like, you, what are you, you going to do? Hope that, that you gain time for Gatcher in the last stage TT? Like, <laughs> no. So maybe they need to gain two and a half, three minutes on Pagacha, especially if he drops you on a climb as well. So, yeah, it's – what about crosswinds? I, I think it's unlikely. Yeah, but we can't, we can't predict crosswinds, you know. But how would they react to it? I think that – oh, it's difficult to say because – just a lot of the teams are are wounded and it's very hard to say how good someone is going to be in crosswinds then and whether you're going to be in a good position but Roglic lost the wheel of an art at that moment where he crashed if he's going to do that in a moment where a crosswind happens then he's done for so stuff like that is really important to look at I think that Pogacar's team is not incredibly strong but I don't think they're weak for crosswinds either so that's where they're strong it's going to be yeah and right now certainly with half the team of Jumbo gone well, figuratively. Stage 14 is, the, is the, the stage. If you want to point out one from Carcassonne to Quillan, 183 Ks. It reminds me more of that Basque Country stage. We have a 4.3 K, 8% climb. The Col de Montsegur, where you can start slipping riders up the road for a break. It's a perfect medium mountain stage. I think the high mountains, you're playing with fire with Pagacha there because you might attack yep. with one rider, he bridges to your rider and then you, you're cooked. Whereas medium mountains with a descent finish like stage 14, it, that's the real, as well, especially for, you know, Wa Fanart as well. Um, yeah, that's, that's the sort of stage I'd be trying to target. Uh, but, yeah, I think, yes, Pagacha obviously is the heavy favourite to win this Tour de France, but it's not over and I think the competitive tension is not is not done either uh but yeah his tt is mad any other topics benji um what about when is mvdp losing yellow if ever i think he's losing yellow on the le grand bornard stage don't you think so i think that what if he gets uh, in the break no actually <laughs> well even if even if he doesn't get in the breakaway you've got a situation where the break is likely winning that stage and as a consequence i'm like he's not staying in the gc group there's no way it's <laughs> who's gonna attack well yeah, of uh, Yumbo and Ineos. <laughs> no, he's he's done on that stage, I think, unless he gets into the break and then sort of doesn't lose too much time. It and... wouldn't be atypical to go in the breakaway from him on that first hill in that stage. He did in so, Swiss, right? Yeah, exactly. But then again, it was a bit of a useless break that day for in Swiss. So <laughs> True. It's, it's different. 
Uh, I think that he should try it at least. It's a Tour de France. Why not Diolo it and try and go for that? But I think that a lot of riders who are aiming for the Olympics, for example, are showing to perform really well. And I think that we're going to see that throughout the entire Tour de France. And I think that we've got a few candidates that we haven't seen perform well yet that are just waiting for the third week. We mentioned Gus. He should have waited and played easier in the time trial today. Like a Gegenhardt, for example, who rode at 41k an hour in the time trial today. Jesus. Like a bloody snail. <laughs> Did you do it on a and- road bike? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I think that that shows that there's a different mentality in Ineos versus the rest where in Ineos, there's a clear designation of the team that in this time trial, save all the energy in the world. There might be a sprint stage tomorrow, but still, it's going to be important to do, to do it now. And they choose to do that. And that's where, that's the marginal gains, to, to use the, the wording, that Yumbo is not using right now. Uh, and I still think today's a massive win for Yumbo Visma, though. Like, Yeah, have, but those are details that, will, that might count in the third week. True, true. I mean, maybe they just want the data on course, but yeah, I think ultimately a massive... I find it a very bad idea to test out the data in the Tour de France. <laughs> I know, I know, but well, we didn't mention it because it wasn't an issue. <laughs> Roglic put the cursed helmet back on today. Benji spotted it when he was warming up. I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. He's wearing the cursed helmet. And listen, credit to Yama Visma. They are obviously a data-driven organization. Um, I like, try to be that way, but I'm also half Irish, so... Like this superstition, just it, it eats into my brain as well. I think what I was thinking was, okay, I'm sure, obviously, you know, Yamo Visma got these guys dialed in their TT positions this year. Everyone's flying in the TT, and I'm sure the wind tunnel has that the cursed helmet is quicker than the short TT helmet for Roglic in the wind tunnel. Uh, so I'm sure they got the data to back it up, uh, but psychologically Roglic must have been fine with these like yeah wear it whatever whereas I'm like no nah, I'm not wearing the cursed helmet for the first well, time in a race he, he was didn't traumatized wear it this all year. year yeah exactly yeah. so why didn't they try it in Basque or uh, Paris-Nice I guess I don't know but it's still he had a really good TT today so maybe the curse is over although Pagatja still won we've mentioned Yama Visma Ineos and in, Uran. Yeah, UAE well Uran I, I want to talk about Movistar Benji Oh, okay. Okay. Mass on two minutes, so on mm-hmm. 150. Lopez on 512 to Pagacha after the TT. Valverde, 10 minutes gone. It's not going well for them, uh, to say the least. Yeah, certainly. Lopez started off really well. I think top 10 at the time check, the first yep. one, when he started, but he Real blew quick. completely towards the end. And that's not good, eh? So <laughs> when it comes to GC, five minutes is too much. And it's going to be really fun to see him attack by. A long shot. I hope he attacks like very early in stages, blows things up, Lopez style. Uh, I'd love to see a very aggressive Miguel Angel Lopez. And Lope, they've got Lopez, a team for it. Stage 17 in the break on Col de Porte. Carapaz attacks to him. Carapaz gifts him the stage win and they work together. Or maybe more of the stars say don't work. Nah, with him. A quadro. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. There's going to be a stage, Benji, where Movistar changed this race. I think DSM, in my view, kind of changed the race, uh, chasing Brent Van Mullet yesterday and chasing uh, and putting the pace on on stage uh, three. I think Movistar have got that in the mass top ten at best, right? I just I don't see how anything better than eighth or ninth for him. Yeah, it's going to be really tough to uh, to put this right. And the second time trial is coming as well, so that's an extra hit 
in his teeth at the end of this uh at the end of this Tour de France and looking at how he did the last time trial last year, it's not looking too well. So I think that we've got a lot of like pointers from this stage. I think that the thing we're most happy about is that Rogic is still in the running and that Jumbo is still in the running and that they didn't lose a minute and a half like they expected to do on this time trial because that is uh that is simply an important factor. And that plays into the intensity of the upcoming weeks and the fact that the race is not over despite me being very happy about Pogacar being in first because I want to get that 1-1 in the uh, podcast pick for Grand Tours <laughs> battle we have going on here. <laughs> I want to call some people out in advance of stage eight and with respect to the polka dot jersey. I mean, Edith Schelling, he's all over TV, first four stages, all over it with that po- taking the polka dot. So mission success for him. I'm going to call out a few people. Ben O'Connor at 4.56 on GC, Lopez 5.20, Pat Pantra 5.22, Buchmann 4.31, uh, Guerrero, he'll, he'll lose time to go for the stages. That's what he does. Who else? Poles, Bernard at 6.33, Cataneo, he's got to help out Philippe. Those guys I just mentioned and maybe there's even f- people further up the chain, Lucas Hamilton at four minutes, like four minutes, what are you going to do from there? Um, it's time to lose another 15 minutes, guys and go for polka dots or uh, stages and or stages from the break, in my view, So, and try and get something out of this tour because O'Connor, five minutes, I mean, maybe the top 10 possible, I guess. It's not over, but, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's what I would do. Do you have a view on that? I think Guillaume Martin said he's doing that. Yes, indeed. There's a, a few riders that will probably figure out that that's, that, that is what they're going to go for. I think there's also a few riders that, said they were going to do so, but are changing their mind accordingly. I think that Quintana and Nibali were looking very good before this time trial in GC, but this time trial dropped them down to three minutes behind on 18th and 19th in GC now. This is the moment where I say cut the losses, lose time tomorrow, 15 minutes. I don't know what, what's in the time limit on a flat stage and go for stages again, because I don't think Quintana and Nibali should be happy with a 9 for a 10 for an 11 for a 12 or a 13 spot in GC at the end of the Tour de France if they could have gone for stages instead. And I think there's a few of those people out there. I think Fulsang should ride for Lutsenko, but I'm curious to see if that's ever going to happen. And finally, I want to ask the question, is Van der Poel leaving the Tour de France early? Matt, well, if I'm Van der Poel, I, what I would do is I would um, stay in yellow uh, try and get in the break after the rest day and then say, oh, I was going to leave ASO and then like hold him to ransom and, and say, ask for money to stay every extra day because he wants to prep for no, the No, Olympics. no, no, knee pain, knee pain. <laughs> knee, no, no, he's, I've got knee pain, I've got knee pain. No, okay, well, what's it going to take, Matthew, to stay, in, stay here in the other? Come on. But, yeah, I don't know. I think he's going to uh, – there's some stages he can mop up from the break as well. Uh, he he was weird yesterday sprinting behind Philipson, um, but – yeah, I don't know. I've got no insight into that at all. But an interesting TT. I'm glad everyone stayed up. It's a bit of a shame Thomas seems to be a bit under the weather, but it's good to see Roglic still fighting. And uh, I don't think this, this Tour de France is over and I'm watching in baited, with bated breath because it is the reverse of last year. Pogac is in the ascendancy early. How will he defend despite being the strongest rider in the race? But that's all from us. We'll see you with the sprint stage for it to Chateauroux tomorrow and uh hopefully well for not cavendish yeah who are you taking cav well for not surely it's surely the first Mal- place he won in the tour de france it okay. has to be the not the last one that's for uh champs but one of the final ones here as well i'm going for Molier again 
because surely Alperson are <laughs> going to go for him tomorrow. <laughs> all right, that's all from us. We'll see you tomorrow. Ciao. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 